much not much just kidding <laughs> everything's good uh yeah, yeah yeah it's been a crazy year for everyone i think but oh, you know yeah. uh i'm excited to be doing this podcast i'm sure people who listen to the episode with trevor are gonna be like wow this dude sounds exactly the same you do actually <laughs> it, after editing uh his episode i was like sweet jesus they sound alike oh my god yeah, in person it's not as bad, but I think like over a podcast or over the that's phone. the thing. Yeah, I think I think through recording, uh-huh. you, there's there's you pick up uh, you know similarities, but like in person, like I can always tell you guys apart. But yeah, definitely. After editing his episode, I was like, I'm this sounds like fucking Cameron. You know, what I mean, like, <laughs> but it's, it's probably why you guys harmonize so well together. It's a spooky thing. Yeah, definitely. We, I mean, we've been tracking. Uh, right now and that's something that zach zach was saying he's like i just love brother bands because it's just so easy for for harmonies and stuff like that so it it couldn't get easier unless you just did your own harmonies like exactly i mean it just sounds like it sounds like a little bit different voice than trevor which is perfect so yeah Yeah, for sure which yeah yeah you kind of want a little bit of a a little bit of a nuance you know what i mean i think that makes some cool shit happen. Oh in, yeah, in the definitely studio for sure, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I I kind of clicked on the wrong thing while while I was waiting for you, and I'm just I'm feeling heavy right now, man. I was listening to this mute math song, and holy shit, dude! It just like got me, gave me like all the feels. It's called <laughs> Remain, and I'm just like kind of sad. I'm not gonna lie. I gotta I gotta pep up because I've got a really cool song for you today. Hell yeah! Well, we just gotta we just gotta mess with Brian a little bit, you know. Bring it back to that, <laughs> dude. I was hoping you'd make bring up messing with Brian. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, Cam, you were uh, uh, you know, the only one that probably knows this is Nate because he's the only one I talk about talk to recently. But uh, dude, you're like one of the dudes if like right next to nate so nate's obviously the person i miss playing with the most but you are definitely a close second oh hell yeah that's i miss your drumming i miss like for those of my my listeners that don't know anything about my life uh cameron is seriously one of the best you know up and coming drummers that i've met in like my life basically i love your (laughs) your your creativity and like on the kid is you know you know second to no one so thanks man i appreciate that i i like to i like to play you know as as garth says in wayne's world i like to play (laughs) and he just goes yeah just a really small little hit on the cymbal (laughs) yeah man it's i mean we we go back i was just thinking about that because getting ready to do the podcast and stuff i i mean i think i was like 16 or 17 when i joined blank page so that's were like, you really that young? I can't. I couldn't. Think, I didn't remember you were that young. Were you? Yeah, I think. I think I was. I think I it was seventeen. And you were seventeen. Yeah, for sure. That was when I first moved up to St. Paul and lived with like Mac and all those guys. And yeah, Great it's house. crazy. I mean, it's been almost 
you know, 11 years since we were playing music together, but then we go back even further than that, which is wild. It's just crazy yeah. to think about that. Well, stuff. we did a couple like short stint tours, like short Midwest tours when yep. you guys were in your first band, What Is Truth, which. Yep. What is truth, Cam? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I, I think back then we believed it was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know? But <laughs> so what, what, did, what did Nate, Nate called it? Slamming for the lamb? <laughs> Slamming for the lamb. Getting, getting, you know, putting yourself on the cross for God, you know? All, all of that <laughs> yeah, good dude. stuff. Yeah, dude. Just seeing, like, uh, seemingly contrite hearts, which really were, was full of Mountain Dew and and pizza <laughs> i had some wild times i remember like we in that band we would have to work our set list around about how long like julian was gonna preach on stage <laughs> <laughs> which is just like thinking back on it is such an absurd thought of hilarious being like, okay knowing i'm gonna julian do like now, yeah yeah i'm gonna do like 10 15 minutes like does that sound good and it's like okay we'll cut three songs i guess <laughs> you know <laughs> but you're pushing it bro <laughs> right we got that free ride into into the sweet sweet heaven now so well, well i think we'll the the show that i remember uh what was that skate park in rochester that we used to play all the time yeah midwest skate shop yeah so that place was it wasn't the first place we played together but that place was the one place where i think nate and i were like you know i think you guys opened for us or something or we, you, or whatever, however it worked out, but, um, I remember sitting with Nate, and we were just, like, looking, and you were, like, 14, 15, 16, something really Yeah, something like that. Super young. Emo swoop and everything. Yeah. And I remember you guys playing, and Nate and I look, look at each other, like, who the fuck is this kid? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, you had this, you had the skills even back then, man. You yeah, I, I listen. I listen back to some of that stuff still, and even even now, like the thing that I think is is a nice, I guess, thing to have is like I listen back, and yeah, it's probably not what we would be doing right now, and we wouldn't have continued playing that type of like you know early two thousands emo music, but still listening back on it, I'm like these drums are cool, and you know even the stuff with Blank Page, and and that's a different yeah. caliber of music, obviously, but like. Listening back to like my, you know, so to speak, discography of stuff that I've drummed on, I'm still like fairly content and happy about most of the stuff that I've done, which is which is a good thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, dude, I can't even listen to the the first Nihilio record. It's like this is dog shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but up. but but then then again, you know, you it's all uh, it's all timing, I guess. Because back then, you know, it was like these guys are doing some cool shit that other people aren't really doing. You know, right? Well, I mean, we were just the greenest bunch of yahoos. You know what I mean? Like we were we were very uh, we didn't know what we were getting into, and the, I think Blank Page for sure. Like, there's stuff on Sinners that I still am like, that's sick. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, Sinners was great, and then you know, Sleeping Sound with what we did was really cool. That and- I think when you joined the band. So, if for for my listeners who don't know anything about me, uh, Cameron was in our band for the record Sleeping Sound, and I think you were in a video too. Like, a, it was just a compilation of like a tour that we did or something. Yeah, it was like I think didn't Becky take a bunch of footage and yeah, 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 on his little uh, 
flip camera, camera I think yeah, is what yeah. it was called. What, what were those called? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I they're did. called flips because they had the little USB that flipped out and you could just yeah, plug exactly. it right in. Exactly. Yep. I remember editing it with them and stuff. And uh, But Cam was in our band and, and that was what really when Blank Page started to be like, all right, we're done with the hollering. We're done with the like, you know, the heavy stuff because we were in Sinners, we were still trying to hold on to it and then think sleeping sound we came up with the concept of the album uh beef like at a at a show at club three degrees i think it was mill city nights at that time it turned Mm. into mill mill city nights minneapolis i think is that still a venue or did i think so yeah i'm pretty sure it's still around we've never played there but uh i know some people have played there and stuff like that but yeah it's not club three obviously anymore yeah well, those Moved those were my those like days. favorite years. I think of Blank Page because it was me, you, Becky, and Nate. Which yeah, was, it was just, a great lineup. It was a sick lineup, um, and uh, we we're just good buddies. And I think I'm I lived with you in Rochester at that time, right? With your mm-hmm. with your dad and and uh, I think Trev was out at that time. Yeah, Trev, Trev. Trev was either in Atlanta or in St. Paul at the time. I think he might have was just just about to move to Atlanta. Or no, he was in Pennsylvania first, and then he went to yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, when he met, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his ex. But yeah, it was kind of crazy too, because, you know, like I remember uh, when you guys called me and Trev, because originally it was going to be kind of a package deal, I remember. Right, like you guys, yeah, that was... You guys wanted both of us that to That would have been too Blank much. The world, the world wouldn't be able to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I remember Trevor was in, I was in, we felt like, yeah, this is, this is something we want to do. You guys showed us some new direction stuff of Blank Page, and we're like, this stuff's really cool, and, you know, like, always just hanging out with you guys and playing shows with you for a long time. It was like you know nate's solid you're a solid vocalist and it was just like yeah it seems like a fucking cool gig and then i remember trevor just was working on like our first ep of author stuff and maybe even pre that i think actually just some of the demos that he did with nate even but yeah i remember it was just like it was a thing with him and i i think that it was cool because i you know for my music history up to this point, I like only played in bands with my brother. Right. And it was kind of a nice thing to explore a different avenue and kind of go and do some stuff by myself, um, which I'm really, really happy I did. But then, you know, of course, I circled back around and then heard the new author stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty dope, too. So I, I definitely want to be involved because originally I was just going to track on it. I know you were talking with Trevor last uh, episode about you know, like Michael Gay was playing drums and then yeah. he had another drummer. I remember that. touring with them with you and Michael Gay was the drummer and you were, yep. you were our drummer. Yeah. And then he had a different drummer. I don't know if you ever met him. His name was Ryan. Mm. And then Menchaka, right? Yep. 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 I remember him. And it was him in Devin Hannon, which is a, yeah, weird. that was a crazy one. <laughs> and then, and then Tom, who was our guitarist for a decent amount of time too. Right. But then, uh, that switched lineups and Trevor was like, Hey, I need a drummer to come down. And you know, it was with Aaron Marsh and stuff. So we're like going down to Lakeland to do stuff at Vanguard room. And I was like, hell yeah, this sounds awesome. And then when I was down there tracking with them, I was just like, you know, this makes sense. I got to do this. I always, I, I will always forever wonder what, what life would have been like if, if, if it was, if blank page was a Trevor cam Ryan and Nate show. 
it just would have been could have been popping maybe we should uh <laughs> it would have been sick that's crazy. I, I, I just think group. about the lot yeah i think about the lineup and i'm like man everybody it's like aces in their places dude yeah and then yeah. we we could you know we probably would have uh becky would have gotten married and we would have found like a like you know like a super i honestly i think the whole time before becky there was this guy uh i don't know if you knew a lot about like north central dudes but for some reason that school attracted really good bass players and there was this one guy uh shit i can't remember matthew call um i think he played with the push or whatever the push was okay yep. he played with the the uh anthony's uh what's did i mark mark, mark yep he played with him Pooter. a lot and uh yeah mark mark Pooter. and uh matt we were trying to get him and he he seemed like he was like pretty interested but i think the fact that we were kind of steering clear of the faith-based stuff it kind of turned him off a little bit it wasn't like we were really you know steering clear it just was like we're not going to preach on stage we're not going to do that you know right so i don't know but you know woulda coulda shoulda hindsight it's always 2020 definitely i just remember yeah i I, and to his own right you know he he's a great front man i I just remember my brother being like i want to you know, step out of my comfort zone and be the I think the lead that's what it was. I think he wanted to, he, he was used to being the, the second in command in what is truth, even though, like, I'm pretty sure you and him pretty much wrote all those tunes, right? It was, it was pretty, were. I mean, it was pretty collaborative. Trevor oh, okay. wrote, Trevor wrote, I would say, 70 to 80% of yeah. the stuff. And then, I mean, everyone wrote their own parts. So when we got Zach and Colin and, uh, Craig and Julian, it was all pretty collaborative, but Trevor would bring most of the ideas for sure. As a front man, I understand, and I knew that it would have been it would have been a situation where we probably would have butted heads just because we're both frontmen. You know what I mean? At heart, you know what I mean. That's just kind of like what we do, and I understood. You know, yeah, I was and bummed. He's... I was bummed because I was like, man, I thought we were getting the package deal, you know. But we yeah. still got, we still got you, which was great. You know, those were some of my favorite years in that freaking. Uh, did you tour with us in that that short bus that we had? That scary bus, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, dude. I don't remember if it was an actual blank page tour or if it was that tour that we did with. Oh wait, was I was I playing drums on that tour with Author? I'm pretty I sure I can't remember. I'm pretty sure you've you've toured with us in that bus, but maybe it was mostly maybe it was mostly Will. Yeah, that thing know. was wild. That was a wild bus. <laughs> I loved that bus, dude. Fucking Minneapolis, man, just took it away from me. Just right under my nose for those fucking snowplowers, man. Those bastards. The dude, plow they didn't, they plow didn't daddies. Even, remember that when they're like they wouldn't tell you when they were gonna plow your thing. You just had to guess. You know what I mean? If you, yeah. and then you'd wake up and your car would be gone. It's just like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you didn't give us any warning. You didn't tell us you were gonna come plow it. You just took my car. Yeah, and it was always always with snow emergencies. There's always just like I mean, it doesn't take too long to figure out the rules, but they're always just confusing. Like you can't park on this side. You can't park on this side. Uh, I live with my my girlfriend now, and this is the first time that I've been in Minneapolis that I've had 
private parking we have parking on the back oh, of our so great, apartment dude. it's amazing it's just like you don't ever have to worry about any of that stuff which is awesome so i gotta tell you man even in los angeles it's the worst because los angeles yeah. is, is way worse than than minneapolis but i will say this i've never been towed more than when i lived in minneapolis <laughs> in yeah, the winter definitely. dude it sucked dude Especially at Max House, man, it was like it, you're just playing Russian roulette. If it's snowing, when it's if it starts snowing, you know, when when you're when you're parking your car, it's like just move it. You know, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean, just just move it somewhere where it won't get pl- to- towed because you getting towed, son. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's game over, <laughs> dude. Well, I I've been. Uh, paying attention to your uh, Instagram and stuff, man. It look, I, I mean, I already asked Trev. I don't think I've like I asked him too much. We were kind of like just broing down, dude. So I kind of want to <laughs> get into it with author, man. Like, tell me the skinny, tell me the scoop. What's what's going on with you guys, man? Like, what's you guys? I, I know you're like working on on tunes, and Trev's working on tunes. I know you guys are in carpet booth with with Zern, sipping yes, on some sir. Zern. Sipping on some Zern. Yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been really good. Uh, you know, obviously this year has kind of put a pause on a lot of stuff artistically as far as like playing shows and doing stuff like that. But um, we got a new single. It's going to be coming out in a few weeks, hopefully. We're just Trev, doing. Mixed- Trev sent me some of the stuff he's working on with like visual stuff. It looks sick. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so he's he's just like a weird little art boy who's good at all that shit. So he just like was like, I'm just gonna do this animated video, and he was watching a lot of like um, Monty Python, and then even like behind yeah, the scenes I was stuff. Say, yeah. So it's that it's that collagey collagey Monty Python vibe, but um, all those photos are like photos I took from europe which is cool that they you know just iphone photos that work so maybe 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 apple can give us some big bucks for that music video yeah dude well he sent me the single too he sent me a a demo and it sounds great man yeah it's a cool song i i actually uh like you said we've been like kind of writing apart for a lot of stuff zach and his wife they had a baby uh who's almost a year i think he's congrats he's earned yeah, little Luca, he's the best. He's so super, super cute. Um, I love that couple, man. Zach and Julia, power couple, man. That's great. They're the best. They're, They're so good great. Um, so he he had a baby, and then he had a figurative baby of the studio that was all happening, kind of at the same time. So he's been pretty busy with that stuff, but it's still like such a crucial part of our band. And um, and he's we, he he based out of uh, Rochester. Yep, the studio is in Marion Township, which is just outside of Rochester. Cool. Okay. Um, but it's a great space. It definitely reminds me of Glow in the Dark a little bit with like kind of how it's set up and how big the live room is because it's in an old church. So it's like this big cathedral for the live room. Um, and the stuff that we've been getting out of there sounds great. So we've been really stoked about that. And, you know, having access to a really great studio in our backyard basically is, you know, amazing you know of course we would always yeah. go down to atlanta and there's still talks about doing that for future records because we love working with like goldman and with nate and stuff like that so um but yeah we we've been writing kind of separate and apart and that was actually a thing that i i kind of came up with the main idea of that single um just through you know i just caught a vibe one day and was like this is kind of cool i think i was watching a show and i was just like fiddling around on the guitar and i was like this is kind of a cool riff and then i just went and tracked it and 
that's been like our whole thing this this year is that we've all been kind of writing stuff and when we get together we just show each other like here's all the ideas you know some of them are really dumb some of them might not make sense for author um but we're just like here's what we've been writing and you know free game if there's something that sounds cool like just point it out and then we'll work on it so that song was I mean, I feel like it's it's pretty author feeling, which is good. It's a good thing that like it, and it just came pretty fluidly as far as like the vocals went, and then Zach caught a little bit of a vibe on it, changed some of the rhythm rhythm stuff, and you know, yeah, Zach. I would say Zach. Uh, when I remember, all I remember him beforehand was was what is truth stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I when I saw that uh, the blur the live video blur. Or all the live footage of Blur, I was like, God damn, dude, he fucking his chops are good, <laughs> great, man. He yeah, sounds he's great. great. He's a great he's, guitarist, he's a great showman too, man. He was, he was, yeah, yeah. I mean, I always loved Zezer, and it was just I would never would have like thought that that was like what he did. I thought like once he got married, he was he was just kind of like, all right, KO, you know. But dude's impress been impressing me lately, yeah, with his with his ability and with his. You know, with with his recording skills, he's recorded a couple other of our friends, right? Um, somebody, he, who did he record recently that I know of? He recorded somebody. Anyway, I'm blanking. Sorry, sorry, Zach. <laughs> he's right. really good. I don't mean to like sound like oh blah blah blah. It just was kind of like, man, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm pumped for him. You know? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's really dived dived full in on it, and it's it's great. It's a great studio. It's a great space, and um the studio themselves they're doing really good which is awesome to hear because it's just one of those things where you have a dream you have something you want to do and pursue and it's always like a risk obviously because it's like you got to put money down and get investors all that stuff of course it sucks but uh, to hear that the studio is doing great is awesome so he's been doing some cool shit with the with the space and yeah it's been great like the last few months uh, we've just been kind of getting a little bit more disciplined on the author end of things and just being like, you know, what times can we come down and, and track and do pre-production? Because we're not trying to take away from his, you know, good business hours and stuff like sure. that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but we got like another round of pre-production coming up and then come June, we're going to uh, buckle down in the studio for about a week and try to get all the tracking done for hopefully a full length is what we're aiming for but you know sometimes it doesn't go that route sometimes you hear stuff back and you're like uh is this song that great you know yeah but it's always better to have more choices than less choices you know that's always how we've kind of written stuff with like is it far as it close and a brighter days like the nate era of the band as far as him playing we always just came with a lot more ideas and then you know scratch stuff yeah i said i always said that back i said to trevor i was like Nate's kind of like training wheels, man. It's just, it's like, it's insane, like how he feels songs out. I mean, it, with with my record in particular, dude. He he, and there was so many times where it was like, man, I don't know what something's missing, and it was just like, ah, there's a riff, and then it's like, there it is. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. so nice to have that that I don't know that genius that support. You know, um, yeah, he's got it. I know I'm wash. I wash his balls a lot, but I'm I'm just saying like he's dude's my best friend for a reason, not only because of his like insane musical prowess, but just how how like in tune with with 
your vision he is it's a, it's it's insane he knows exactly where it should go you know right it's he's great. a great producer in that mindset of being able to kind of i always i always feel like a good producer is someone who can like you know extract the ideas out of a musician or a group or whatever an artist is being able to like pull everything out of them where sometimes you go back and you're like oh shit i didn't even know that i could do that part or like right you know and and that was a thing that was funny when we did our last record with Nate, there was a groove that I, I did that I, I literally was just like kind of fucking around. And is that, is it far or is it close? Is that, the, yeah. that, that was the last one you did with Nate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was the last song. There's this. Go check it out, people. It's sick. <laughs> it's a good record. Not enough people listened to it, but I think that that was our fault without really uh, advertising it as much as possible. But Dude, you're in the same game as I am, man. It's just, it's hard to do. It's, it's tough to when do. you're tough when you're diy and you're trying to do everything it's hard to do when you're doing it by yourself (laughs) you know what i mean there's a reason all these people are famous you know what i mean trev and i talked about it it's like it's because they have like uh, like ungodly amounts of publicists and and managers and stuff that that help out and i just see it too many times man where friends of mine are just like some of the most talented people ever and and you know what i mean like it's just getting other people to listen to it is just insane yeah, and then you have the average listeners who are just like, they'll hear something and they're like, we don't understand why you're not big. And it's like, well, it's not that easy. You can't just write good music and expect to right. get on the right stages in the right places and know the right It doesn't have people. trap hats. Give yeah. it some trap hats. Yeah, I, I heard that, that you were, you were talking a little shit about some trap hats. <laughs> I have I th- to. <laughs> I think it's funny because there's a song in uh, Is It Far, Is It Close? Uh the no, title, there's not. The title track, actually, that we made our own trap hats. Okay, but you made your own, so it's not. Yeah, we took we took uh, a couple small splashes and then a tambourine, and I was just kind of hitting it, and it was like me and Nate were like, "This kind of sounds like a trap hat," and we're like, "It's kind of cool though," and then. It was still too bright, so I ended up just taking my shirt and wrapping my shirt like up, and the symbols were like, you know, dampened by my shirt, and then I started hitting it, and it was like that. That sounds cool. So we just tracked it, and we made a sample out of it, and then now it's trap hats and author. You know. Well, here's the, here's the deal, though. They're not trap hats because you made them your own. You know what I mean? Like you can hear a trap hat. You know a trap hat when you see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely. But yes. that's the thing is like it's it's uh you know, I I I I I think you could kind of feel me on that where I was like there was an era where like it was all like all the hip hop was like it was all like you know like Terrace Martin and in, in, influenced or you know mm-hmm. what I mean like Robert Glasper or you know what I mean? Like, it, and, and I told Trev, I was like, if those two dudes or like Snarky Puppy or like all these like virtuosic, you know, R&B guys wrote all the hip hop guys like beats, hip hop would be in a better place right now. And I don't think you can disagree with that. Like, it'd be way better, you know, I, sure. I think. You know, sure. it's not, it, you know, I'm a white boy, so I, don't, I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't talk <laughs> shit, but I can also be like, man, nobody listens to the show anyway, so fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, just saying, you know what I mean? Like. I don't like it, man. <laughs> I can't wait for that era to be over. Right. I cannot wait for it. And you know what? Nate was making a good point. He was like, you know, think about punk, you know, punk music. The reason why punk music was so good wasn't because it was sonically good. Like, it sounds like shit. But the pro- the point of it is, is it's, it's raw. 
and and people without money and without the resources can make it. And that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, but he goes, but you know, as soon as it gets on like a Walmart commercial or a Burger King commercial or some shit, it's not cool anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and guess what's all over TV right now and all those commercials? It's trap music. So it's like, right. Well, at least it's on its way out. You know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. like it was the same way I would say about dubstep, man. It's like, cool, dude. We, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that that's super relevant. I think that there's so many instances, like you said, like I personally feel that way about like, kind of like the black keys, <laughs> yeah or like arctic arctic monkeys it's like both those bands they're really good you're over it they're really good but then then all of a sudden you can just take one of their songs and put it in like a home depot commercial and it works yeah. perfect well here's the deal Ken- <laughs> kendrick lamar uses trap hats all the time but yeah. i still love kendrick lamar you know why because he's fucking good you know what i mean like because he's it's, the it's, king yeah exactly it's like but these soundcloud rappers dude that are getting millions for garbage it's time to go you know what I mean? I think Kendrick is a great point too because even like with Damn, like he took the era of music that was going on and like To Pimp a Butterfly obviously was like a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. There's and like didn't Terrace Martin write that? A you lot know, of it. At least yeah, a lot yeah, of all, the, all the beats. There's so many ridiculous musicians on that. Terrence Martin, uh, Glasper played on it. Thundercat played bass on like everything. Oh, Thundercat, I forgot about him. Uh, yeah. Layla Hathaway, she sang on it. Like it's just, it's just like all of the modern jazz R and B musicians. He was like, let's just make a power record, basically. For sure. But then all that stuff with trap was happening, and I think what he did with Damn was really cool. It was kind of a way of being like listen, I'm going to do this because obviously it's going to sell records, but I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to do it like different. And that's why like even listening to damn, it's like, maybe I I don't know. I can, I don't know if I would say it's my least favorite record by him, but you know, comparatively to like a, to pimp a butterfly or even good kid, like that record is really, really good, but it's just one of those things where it's like, he just took, he took something and he was like, I'm still going to show that I'm like the greatest right now. Maybe even of all time, in my opinion, he's, the, yeah, I think yeah. he's the yeah, best rapper sure. ever. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, it's, I really don't know cool. about ever, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm a nineties kid. So I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit older than you. So like, it's like, it's hard to top, it's hard to top Pac or Biggie. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard to, but that was also, you know what I mean? Like, it's also one of those things where it's just like, maybe I'm a, just a, just a, uh, you know, I'm just really biased when it comes to hip hop. Yeah, definitely. You have I mean, to really impress me to like make me like hip hop. You know what I mean? And it's but that's the thing is it's 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 a misconception with me and the, and I said it with Trev and it's, it's it's I stand by it. It's like people think that I hate it. It's I don't. It's it, it I don't. I don't hate it. I don't like unoriginal hip hop. I just don't. I can't do it because it's like it's all been done before overdone before because hip-hop artists have a way of like just it's it, it expands it's just it, it's insane how many how many hip-hop artists there are you yeah. know what i mean like so you really have to like cut through the shit you know what i mean like to, to really be on top of it you know what i mean it, it to me it's just like i don't know i just i like my hip-hop higher grade you know what i mean like i don't i don't like the trashy shit you know what i mean like i just think it's lame it sucks and 
Honestly, it's like, dude, give me like 20 bucks and I'll make your record sound better. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't even know shit about production. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, just don't use those shitty trap hats, dude. Get yeah. like an actual drummer just to hit a hat. You can sample it and then fucking move on. You know what I mean? Like, it drives me nuts, dude. Sounds like a fucking Casio keyboard. I don't like it. Well, if I ever play drums on one of your records, I'm gonna make it a, <laughs> He's a just gonna, thing. I'm gonna make it a thing with Nate that we're don't gonna tempt make, me with a good time, my man. Don't don't you dare. <laughs> we're gonna put some traps and no. Some I, I'm songs. I'm very into you. Always know, you knew this, and there's a couple tracks I gotta send your way to. I I would love you for you to write parts for. Um, oh man! Even if you're not even like able to like record them, I've got a couple guys that can play. But I I would love to write a couple songs with you. So. hell yeah dude let's do it yeah man well yeah i mean you know and with that i guess <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody welcome to sultan's slap uh I'm, I'm here with my buddy cameron cameron bartlett the clam hammer clam hammer and bartlett um yes bit inside i know um <laughs> Yes. No, this is like one of my good buddies, man. It's this uh, I've lived with you. I've 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 cried with you. I've, I've fucking like went through shit with you, you know, toured with you. I mean, what can I say? Dude's a legend. Welcome. Here I am. Welcome. I'm I'm the legend. Here as you I say. am. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, an, what a what a thing. But we're going to go uh, to YouTube and we're going to go to Snarky Puppy Sleeper, my man. Okay. Let's get some snarky up in here. I'm watching the video. Hell yeah, I always would like to watch. Is it yeah. a live video too? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Snarky Puppy yep. Sleeper. We like it here. It's like the live. It's ba- I think it's the actual recording. Yep, because they the they tune. did all that they did all that shit live. Because it's they're... seven minutes long, but it's fucking awesome, man. Uh, let me just get this up on my casting, okay? And then I'm gonna put my headphones down. I'm gonna watch this bitch. Okay, sick. All right, bro, Should... you ready? Yeah, is there is there gonna be an ad? No uh, ad. No ad. Okay. You want me to cut you down? Yes, yeah, sir. Alright, three, two, one, play. It's wild. I uh, I got to see them live. Did you? Yeah, me and my dad we went and saw them at uh, uh, they played Palace Theater here in Minneapolis. Uh, it was it was unbelievable. It was wild. I didn't even know what to begin to ask. I mean, I it just I'll tell you I'll tell you what I remember most about that show. First of all, I mean, they were unbelievably good. And as a musician, you know, I, they. 
I think that they do appeal for a lot of people, but they definitely appeal very, very, very much for musicians because there's so much like crazy stuff going on in their music. It's a virtuosic thing. Yeah, for sure. Right. And like all of them are like geniuses at their instruments. Um, there's no leak, leak, uh, weak links at all in that band. But one thing I remember is that drummer, his name's Lauren L. Lewis. Um, I love his playing. I think he is insane. He is so, so good. But he, for some reason, I think he got sick or couldn't do the show in Minneapolis. So I kid you not, they got a drummer day before notice sign on to play the show. And this guy was perfect. Like, (laughs) unbelievably good. And it's just like, you listen to that stuff and all the fellow musicians out there they they know they understand like this stuff is wild and it's extremely it's hard, it's hard. extremely hard music to play so for it's someone to come math. in right for someone to come in like day before and be like all right i got you. i got you no that's problem. insane yeah <laughs> just shows the level of musicians that they work with of course of course um, I just like, dude, when I first saw this thing, like this is, this was my introduction to Snarky Puppy. Was yeah. Nate, Nate being like, bro, <laughs> Link, <laughs> that's all he did. He just said, bro. And then Link. And I yep. was like, well, I know he means business. So I threw that on and I was like, sweet Jesus. What am I looking at here? You know what I mean? Like, and a- just the feel of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's not only like a virtuosic thing, but it's also like a feel. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a feel that only musicians understand. You know what I mean? Like it's just like one of those things where it's like I don't I don't know how like a person that isn't musically inclined you know could understand the level. I mean at at some point it, it it's 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 primarily like just a great rhythm, a mm-hmm. great, you know, melody, you know, it's 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 just one of those things. But when you are a musician and you understand, like, uh, at least relatively, because I could never, you know, mimic that. But, you know what I mean? At least relatively, I understand what's going on. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. like, I don't know how to make those sounds, you know? It's insane. Yeah. It's and I think for for thing. this episode for us, I think it was fitting because, you know, you're a drummer and you're a really great drummer. And, I know I've talked to you about this song at length before, and yeah, I felt like you were gonna pull up some uh, some drum some <laughs> drum heavy thing. I was like, "Who's he gonna play for me?" Mute man. Nah, man, I, I didn't want to go like too hard. You know what I mean? I didn't want to go too hard in the paint. I wanted to do something that was that would be fun and that we didn't have to like be all like hoity toity and right know, get into the minutia of the of the bullshit. You know, right? It's just a slick. It's it's a slick melody and it's a super slick like drum part you know yeah it's a it's a certified slapper for sure it slaps slapper <laughs> you guys need to just like rip off a rotten tomatoes like shirt and just say 100 percent certified slap <laughs> i don't think we're that big yet <clears throat> yeah you'll get there maybe someday <laughs> maybe maybe not <laughs> no i i man that band is so good and and same situation i remember nate showing us that like we like it here live stuff and it's just all their stuff is like i'm pretty sure that they record 80 to 90 percent of their records live which is just another mind-blowing thing that you can listen to those records and be like this is good for any type of musician but the fact that they're playing them one take and going through and just like 
there you go there's there the you song go. that's the rev that's the record yeah <laughs> that's it cut it we're done we'll do it live fuck it we'll do it live fuck it just, we'll just do it like live I texted you you know <laughs> yeah man i mean it's i don't know i don't know that's that was my choice i was like ah oh, with cameron perfect we'll jam this hell yeah i love it so, there you go so good so good gotta love the snarky yeah so i i was going back and forth on songs and then i think because i listened to the episode with trevor uh i changed my my pick i was gonna go with some homies of ours but sorry it's not gonna happen now um that's all right (laughs) we were uh so trevor was talking about how i've been getting really into um compositional music a little bit more so i've been writing a lot of stuff on my own time that's been definitely more in the soundtrack realm of music and i mean it's always it's always been a thing that i've loved and you know me i'm a big film guy i love movies and um as a musician i think it's always like a huge thing like the mood of music and like you know it goes back all the way to like lord of the rings you know when i was a kid and watching those movies and seeing these huge beautiful orchestral things that are memorable that you just instantly like you know anyone who likes those movies or anyone who likes movies in general they can hum out movie music you know and i think that that's a really cool thing so trevor was talking about this guy that I've been diving into. His name is Ludwig Gorenson, and he is a, a Swedish boy. He is um, wild. He is so good. So he did, like, Black Panther soundtrack, and um, Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, they actually went to art school together, and they met. I think that they were actually roommates. Mm. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they were roommates and you know ryan was going for um filmmaking and then he was going for composition and and music so it was kind of like this match made in heaven where um he had like a short that he needed music to and uh ludwig was like i I got you i'll do it um which is really cool because it's such like a different like ryan coogler he's an african-american director a lot of his movies have like I mean, all of his movies have like very, very big African-American casts, which is amazing. And just in the general thing of having a director like him hitting the scene as much as he has been is awesome, too. Um, But the Black Panther soundtrack is really interesting because, you know, Ludwig is like this really skinny Swedish white boy. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I he talks about this soundtrack that he actually didn't feel like it would be right for him to do such like a tribal um, soundtrack without like actually getting to know those types of musicians. So he actually did like, you know, kind of a three month stay in Africa and he toured around with some African musicians and like a lot of the stuff that's on that record is played by traditional African musicians and instruments, which I think is really, really cool. But then you bring it into, you know, and we're going to talk about trap hats again, but you bring it into the modern day era of like Oakland, California. So he wanted to influence the hip hop aspect of it too, which, you know, Kendrick Lamar did. Uh, All the stars are sick. That's yeah. Black Panthers uh, full, full soundtrack, you know, record, which was really cool too. But 
the song that I want to show you is from Tenet. Um, I don't know if you got Spotify. I have. Up. N- I haven't seen it yet, man. But I. You I, can, I, I need you can to. still. You can still enjoy this. I think that. I yeah, Gorenson. Yep. Um, so the song is called "Rainy Night in Talon." Okay. Uh, another eight-minute song, which is that's funny. cool. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I edited it out. We can't. We can't play the full song anyway because right. of copyright stuff so you, you gotta do it you gotta do it um so this is to put you in the mood this is a christopher nolan like spy espionage kind of film i know it's kinda, I, I i gotta i gotta see it we i think my girl and i'll rent it we, we're about to pick up our couch so yeah it's great it's worth it for sure it's got the inception vibes and hell yeah all that really cool stuff but this is and it's really cool because i mean this guy, I think, it's like is, the one time Nolan didn't go with uh, with uh, Hans Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is some like scheduling conflicts, I think, but that's what I think is really cool because he his two big things that he's been doing right now is Tenet and then Mandalorian. And you look at both of those, you look at both of those, and you go, okay, so Star Wars, you have the famous, the most famous soundtrack of all time, right? And then you go to Christopher Nolan, and you're like. Hans Zimmer, who is basically the John Williams of our time, which somehow know? we 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 know we know his nephew or his uh, it was not his nephew, his grandson. Yes, we, kn- yep. we know we know vinyl. Yeah, Lionel Williams. Um, listen to Vinyl Williams, good stuff. But yeah, so it's cool because I think that you know some people would be very intimidated by that. I'm sure he was too, but just the shoes to fill so to speak but right. i think that this soundtrack i i was really worried about it because i love han zimmer and i think that he is unbelievably good dude and i got a lot of shit like I, when i was living in los angeles like we we worked with a couple guys in this in at brandon's studio um and you know they were you know the type they were they were the the you know, self-important musician type dudes that were like, I work on movie scores. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an aspiring, you know, you know, score writer. You know what I mean? Like, who's your favorite, what's your favorite score? And I'd be like, or who, who's your favorite, like modern, you know, composer that composes movie scores. And I was like, well, I don't know, man, I, I love Thomas Newman and I love, you know, I love, uh, Hans Zimmer. And it was like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like anytime yeah. I mentioned Hans Zimmer, it was like, fuck him. And I don't, I don't understand why they have that, that, you know, thing. It's like, oh, dude, have you listened to time? It's fucking fantastic. Four chords yeah. and it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like four chords and it makes me want to ball my eyes out. I just, I also love the way that he approaches it, that maybe, maybe this is a part of why some of those people might be rubbed the wrong way by Hans Zimmer is like, He's definitely an advocate of like you don't need to go to school to be a classical composer. You right. don't need to like know music theory even. Y- like music is and I know that this is going to resonate with you. Um music is so much a feel thing for me mm-hmm. and it's always been that way. So like you know, even with this stuff that I'm doing with the the soundtrack world, I am going to be doing stuff with Zach because he has a theory mindset and he can do like Yeah compositions for strings players etc yeah yeah. but at the end of the day it's going to be my music that i feel you know and it's always been that way and i think that that's a cool way of writing music because 
there's pros and cons to both of that world. There's pros and cons to being a feel writer, and then there's pros and cons of being a theory writer. And I think that there's a nice little world to live in in the middle. Yeah, where, I think the balance is really, really where it needs to be. You know, right? I would love you listen, to bone up on my on my theory and uh, on my like oh definitely real technical technical skill or whatever. But that's just never really. I think you're right. You and I connect. I think that's why you and I are good buds because we connect on that in a very real way. Where it's like it's all feel for us. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really. I mean, I use some technicality, but my playing is not very technical. It's very like it's it's what I feel at the time. Right. And if I'm not yeah. feeling it, my performance reflects that. You know. So. Yeah. It's a bummer because I wish I was like Nate or like, you know, these guys that are just like, I, I guess Nate's the perfect example of the balance, but, <laughs> but right, there's, cause there I, is... there's friends that I know that are like all technicality, all, you know what I mean? Like they play every fucking note on the spectrum and it, it, it mm-hmm. and to me, it just kind of takes away from, you know, the, the vibe of the night, the, the feel of the night as much as I hate that word. Like <laughs> And I think that I think that some people they can get too in their heads about it. Like, you know, my favorite band Radiohead and stuff like that. It's like there's stuff that and those guys are they're they know what they're doing, but at the same time they pushed it to like there's so many videos on YouTube and stuff about people being like, Why does this make sense? Like, why did they do these chord progressions? It's like cause they sound good. Maybe they don't make sense theory wise, and maybe there's some notes that shouldn't be there, but like yeah, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because I had a college, I had a college theory professor that used to say, um, "We learn theory to to later try to defy it," yep. and I think that really is is what art is. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, I think it's a very pretentious way, I guess, of saying it. But you learn theory to to later on try to figure out ways that don't make sense but somehow feel right you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but you still want to have that like that foundation that theory foundation so yep i love it but yeah man let's uh let's dive into this let's do it track so it's uh rainy night in in talon tell talene talon whatever however you pronounce that but all right we're going in in three two one play It's that's a sick. cool. I gotta watch think, that fucking movie, man. I've right, been, and that's the opening, no, like opening cue, which is wild because it's sick. just like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome, man. It's yeah, awesome. It's a really cool. It's a really cool movie. The score, I think, is really cool. I think the reason why I wanted to show you that was because it was like, I think that score. I knew in you were general, gonna go movie, but I thought you were gonna go Newman. Thought you were gonna. Go, I, I almost. Go, I thought you were gonna go. Uh, 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 
Shawshank, which is my favorite movie of all time. Yes, uh, me too. Uh, what is it? Briggs is watching, or what? What is it called? Uh, Brooks was here. Brooks was here. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that is that one. That one I didn't want to get that sad, so I was. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but Newman, I almost did Newman because I knew it's good, knew it's how good much choice. Like Newman. By the way. Yeah, I think it's really cool because I think it it blends a lot of different uh, genres that I actually really really like. It's got the cinematic feel to it. He uses that like eight string or seven string guitar, so it's got that like dong, deep, gong, deep ass, gong. deep ass riffs and like metal kind of vibes that I still am a huge fan of. And then it's got like the hip hop stuff that's going on. So I think it's really cool. And this that whole soundtrack is wild because it's, I think, he does a lot of unique stuff. Obviously, not the first person to be like, I'm going to blend electronics with orchestral stuff. Like, Thomas Newman is a great example of that. He has so many cool, like, his intimate piano sound is, like, unparalleled. Easily my favorite com- yeah. modern composer. Yeah. It's unmatched how good he is of, like, a pianist. And then he will take, like, those extra, like, synth things and put them in, too, which I just think creates such a cool soundscape world that it's, like, you don't have to write stuff in a formulaic world anymore. Like, and there's so many composers out there that are showing that. Like, there's a group that I like. They're uh, Ben Salisbury. There's I don't know if you ever saw the movie Ex Machina or Arrival. Great movie. Both or not Arrival. Yeah. Not Arrival. Annihilation. But uh, there's also a great a, movie. Yeah. Yeah. So good. There's a duo that they write for those those movies too and i think that once again it's one of those things where like with soundtrack music and composing it's so like i think we live in a really cool era of it that it's not so much like here's a london symphony and here's all this orchestral stuff like all the good soundtracks still have those elements but i think that we live in a digital world and like people like Trent Reznor, you know, like are a huge pioneer on how that shit happened. You know, his, 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 uh, so he's not even, I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> She's giving me the face. Like, mm. uh, his, uh, Reznor's, uh, uh, soundtrack for social network is without a doubt, like one of my favorite ones. And he's not yeah. even within like my top, you know, five or, 10 even like favorite modern composers but it's sick that his social network uh soundtrack is awesome i honestly thought like when i first heard that i thought it was i thought it was death cab actually i thought it was ben gibbard um that especially yeah, I could that, hear that. that that lead medley yeah know, boom 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 it sounded like a like a like brothers a on a hotel hotel bedroom <laughs> yeah make me fucking ball my eyes out i think it's so cool because and and it kind of circles back on that whole thing of me talking about feel and music and i think that that's why I, i've been drawn so much to like orchestral stuff and like soundtrack film stuff is that you know it's pretty apparent and obvious when there's a bad soundtrack compared to a good one because a soundtrack isn't necessarily supposed to like be the star of the show. It's supposed to like complement what's happening visually. Yeah. And sometimes you'll watch a movie and you'll be like, wow, this is a really like weird song choice or vibe choice for the scene. But then the best ones, they always just fall right back into the, the 
you know, backseat, so to speak, of being like, here's, here's like social network is the perfect example. Cause that opening sequence when he's in the bar and then he leaves and that sad piano comes in, it's just showing like the cost of brilliance or the cost of genius is being like this arrogant asshole and lonely all the time. Right. And then that piano hits and it's just like, boom. Perfect. Does it does it not sound like like a plans? It definitely does. Yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah. I never really thought about that till now, but that's that's a cool. Uh, I wonder if Trent parallel like, thought of that. Like I've always wanted to. Like I mean, obviously, who wouldn't want to sit down and talk to Trent and Reznor? But I would love to ask him about that. Other than you know, how awesome was it to be with Dave Grohl and record in, with Teeth? You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> other than that, I would ask. Did you take some Death Cab like notes? You know what I mean, like because it sounds a lot like a Death Cab record. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's cool. When Bed Gibbard watched that movie, he was like, "What the fuck?" You know what I mean, like <laughs> I would be. You know, like it's it's straight up sounds like uh uh that one song that uh, I'll be your guide. You know, mm. it sounds just like that song. You know, the medley that Reznor came up with. But anyway, no. That's a great pick, man. I, I need to watch that movie, dude. You, you, Trev, before you, and then you have been. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite Christopher Nolan movie because that's mean, what that's, I heard. But right, I think I think that the subject matter is pretty. It's pretty. Uh, I mean, just like you've talked about with with his movies in general, like Christopher Nolan is always a time person. Like it's always some sort of weird. It's never like even Dunkirk, which is like you know, it should have just been a traditional people war gave film. Interstellar shit, and I still like that movie. That you know movie's what I mean? so good. I, I literally I, like don't get why people don't like that. I thought that was a really. I when I first came out of that movie, I was like, "What the fuck? I love this." You know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. I was so obsessed with it. I was like. Exactly, you know what I mean? Like I, I felt like I, I, it resonated with me, but then everybody I talked to about it is like, mm, it's kind of derivative, and you know. I think you'll really like it. It's it's pretty dense, like what I was saying. It's it's pretty dense as far as like content goes in the movie. It takes a while for you to get your footing, and even when you do get your footing, it's like he pulls pulls shit outside of your feet and you're just like okay cool now what the hell is going on in this movie but yeah i thought the acting was really good i thought the style of the movie was really good you're and also tenant yeah tenant yeah and he has i mean he worked with his brother for a lot of of his filmography like jonathan nolan wrote a lot of stuff for him but they they've recently kind of taken you know, not comparing me and Trevor to Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan, but they kind of took their paths away and now they're doing, they're doing stuff separate. And I think that's really cool because they're both coming out with good stuff still. Well, I think, I think it, that can be spoken with, with you two in, in, in a degree of you, you both are very good musicians and you're both very good songwriters in your own right. Um, you're awesome, obviously at, together, but even apart, you, you guys make some cool shit. So, right. In, yeah, the, in I, that regard, the, you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying. You're like, you, <laughs> you don't want to toot your own horn or anything like that. But you really right. are a great, great, great singer, great drummer, great, you know what I mean? Great writer. You know, it's same same with Trev. You know, it's just kind of cool when you guys connect because. Yeah. And I think that that's what's been really exciting, too, about just this this other avenue of music that I'm exploring, too, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with being 
considered a drummer and being considered like a good drummer. And I love that. Like I first and foremost, I will always be a drummer and everything that I do, even with piano and with guitar and bass, it always like you can hear that there's rhythm rhythmic stuff going on that maybe a normal piano player wouldn't think of or a normal guitarist. Cause I am so deeply embedded in drumming and rhythm. And I just think that I think it's really cool because I have that avenue with author where I can be like, here, I'm a drummer and I do help write music and stuff like that too. But then it's like the new chapter of my musical life of, of being able to be like, you know, the dream for me is to have a semi-successful musical career with a band and then be able to like write soundtrack stuff and work on film because that's just like that's that's my fucking dream gig like i get to i get to watch movies and feel what a movie needs to be portraying through music sign me up that's like that's too good to be true type of job uh i think if i had the option of having a a, a, di- a different thing too i'd be like i'd do that for a while and then i'd I would like to be like a music supervisor, so like a guy that like picks tunes for like certain scenes in films and stuff. Yeah, like that. it's a really not necessarily the cool guy that job. writes all of it because there's there's things that I write that I think like would fit scenes, but there's also things where it's like I know the perfect song for this scenario. You know what I mean? I would love yeah. to be that guy. You can you can edit this part out, but um, there's a pod there's a podcast I've been listening to called Score. Mm. Uh, and I'll, I'll, te- I'll text it to you after this, but you should listen to it because, um, it's all about composers. Every single episode's a composer and they interview them and stuff like that. But one of the guys on it, his name is Robert Kraft and he was the music supervisor at Fox. So for like all of this, and he has a lot of insight and he talks about it too. And because of his music supervisor stuff, a couple of the episodes, they're mostly composers, but they did have a couple music supervisors. Like the guy who did all of the stuff for Bohemian Rhapsody, which wasn't the best movie, but like, you know, he had to go through. I'll all say of this that about stuff. Bohemian. Bohemian was was too much about Freddie and not enough about Queen. That's how yeah. I that's how I felt about it. I still think it was great. I loved it. I loved uh, the actor, what's his name, dude? He's was in Mr. Rami Malik. Yeah, the guy's great. He's a great actor. He's you know what I mean. And he and he honestly was a perfect Freddy. Yeah, I just I wish I wish. What about Brian May, man? What about what about uh, right. you know what I mean? Like what what about Queen? Why was it all about Freddy? I want to know about Queen, man. Brian May is a great fucking guitar player, you know, and he's hardly ever in the fucking movie. Yeah, I would like to know about like how he decided to play with a sixpence you know what i mean instead of a pick you know he played with a coin you know like i want to know shit about that you know i don't that's cool i love freddie freddie mercury is a legendary singer and as i'm a singer of course you know influenced a lot of my stuff but love and love and mercy is the best music movie and you can't change my opinion so love and try. mercy i've never heard it it's about it's about the beach boys but mostly Ooh, about is that about with paul dano yeah, it's all, like pretty much Dude, Brian did Wilson. I, did I ever tell you that Paul Dano, like it, it, before COVID hit, Paul Dano was actually a regular in my coffee shop. Oh, and hell yeah, that's awesome. I knew him on a first name basis and he got, he 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 actually introduced me to uh, Big Thief. Okay. Yeah, they're great. You got to watch that movie because- I do. It's, it's exactly what you're saying is that 
I mean, Brian Wilson is the genius of Beach Boys, but it goes through like different eras of his life. You know, sixties Brian Wilson writing Pet Sounds, and then eighties. I keep see. I kept seeing it on Hulu, and I never, I never ended up watching it. But I would love to watch it. Yeah. If you guys are looking for a movie to watch tonight, I mean that one's cool because there's so much there's so much documentation about how the, that record was made. So they go into that a lot. They're like talking about like two bass guitars that are being tuned differently and yeah. like well, I know, like, why does I know, this make sense? I know at least with Pet Sounds like before he wrote it like didn't he like fill his living room up with sand and stuff and and he <laughs> I heard about that like where he that was his that was for room good good vibrations yeah it was wild dude he's it's crazy it's a different thing with with uh the Elton John movie did you watch that one yeah I liked that one more than Bohemian that was Rhapsody. great yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I it liked really it good. I liked it and uh I love the actor um I'm pretty sure he was in was he the guy in 1917 I think he was no no okay maybe no I'm wrong. he was in he was in the kingsman movies that's right okay those. yeah 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 so i think the actor was great in it uh i think like the representation of the music was great in it it was it was how i felt about across the universe you know a lot of people right had, it was cool that it was a musical john a lot like, of people El, had that Elton like john thing, had some you know? animosity with across the universe I didn't. I actually like thought it was great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you love that movie. I loved it, dude. I, I literally like it was perfect representations. The musical performances on it were great. Not a huge, huge Evan Rachel Wood fan, but you know, still, it it was good. Yeah, it's. I think it's hard to do a good like, especially when like. I think that there's similarities to a lot of musicians' lives, especially back then. Like, you know, if they made a Led Zeppelin movie, there'd be like a lot of similar things of like alcoholism and drugs and all of yeah, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I so, think I think with now nowadays with 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 ultra, you know, outrage culture and PC culture, um, we we tend to like over overcorrect ourselves on those things, and and not to not to say that that that's not important and that these issues aren't important. It's just me saying that like, there's more to the story, you know, (laughs) like, like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to, you know, if you go there, it's like, ah, Jesus. Okay, here we go. You know what I mean? Like we got to watch this. Okay. Yeah, I know we suck. Yeah. It was, it was looked down upon to do that. And that sucks. And it's, it's, it's like, we don't always have to like overcorrect with that. You know what I mean? Like we can, pretty much anybody our age like understands like our parents generation kind of sucked at that we're not so you know what yeah. I mean? like it's like we grew up with this with this you know accepting culture let's just like go with that and let's just eradicate all the shittiness we were what was the last thing we were talking about <laughs> i'm a little drunk um what was rocket the, man oh rocket man yeah 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 no but they did that one perfectly. It it wasn't like a over over exaggeration of like how people treated Elton John because nobody treated Elton John bad because he's fucking Elton John. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that I thought that, that was a really cool movie. I just think, yeah, it's it's hard to represent people fully, I guess, but we uh I know you were and I wanted to address this. I know we were we're pretty late. I don't know if you if you gotta go or not. Um but if you have time to talk about it, you you were a part of the uh, the protests with with everything that happened um, yeah. in Minneapolis, and I just kind of wanted to get your you know your take on it. 
Um, I was originally going to do a video on it, and then I was like, mm, white boy trying to make a video about this, probably not a good idea. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? like, yeah. So, um, but I, I w- would like to like t- talk to you about it a, a little bit. Sure. So I didn't want to be weird about it, but I also kind of wanted to address it, you know what I mean? Like, we haven't really addressed anything that serious in this podcast, so just kind of want, yeah. wanted your take on it and and what happened and... You know, give yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty crazy times in in Minneapolis. You know, that was last May or late May, I think, early June was when all that stuff was happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, it it sparked a lot of necessary stuff, I think, in the country, and and there's still a lot of stuff that still needs to happen and change in order for us to get to a point that's more comfortable for a lot of people but um yeah me and my girlfriend we went to two two marches um and we did some volunteering to um i think we volunteered maybe two or three times at uh, there's like a school right across the street from our apartment and they were doing like food drives and stuff like that and they needed volunteers help pass out food and all that stuff um that stuff was definitely difficult because there was a lot of families in need that you kind of had to you know essentially say like we get it you need a lot of stuff but there's also a lot of people who need a lot of stuff so you know certain things like limiting one hand sanitizer per family and all that different stuff when they would want to grab more than one because they definitely needed it and it wasn't like a situation where you're like no you can't have this it's just that you know, look at all the other people who are trying to get stuff also. But it was it was definitely like rewarding. It felt nice to like help out and do what we could because, you know, a lot of situations that have happened with these brutal police killings have been in places that are not so close to home. And then for something to happen, you know, pretty close to even my apartment but like just in general like minneapolis like it it almost becomes this glaring thing where it's like no you can't just sit and not do anything but you know it was also trying to find me as a person i always think about these things too just just like you said i i wrote this little like piano piece that kind of went together with a montage of video stuff that I had captured and I posted it on Instagram and I remember it was up for maybe like two minutes and I was just like, nah, I got to take it down. Cause I just, I don't want to be like, Hey, my voice matters. Cause it really doesn't. But I think that I think it the, does. I think that the goal at the end of the day is like, Hey, I'm trying to like, say like, you know, I want to, I want to show my support too. But at the same time, like it's, it's such a sensitive area for so many people that you want to, you almost want to tread lightly and you want to just make sure that you're being as respectful as possible. And you don't, you don't want to like overstep, you know, uh, right. That's how I felt about it. And, and I hope you don't feel uncomfortable with this. If not, if not, we can, we can edit it out. I just, I, I literally like wanted you to know, dude, I love you like crazy. And I think you're one of my like best buds and i just wanted to like you know show my support as best i could but you were actually on the front lines and i i think didn't you like chuck your girlfriend over a fence or something to avoid some fucking you know yeah so that so we we went to we went to two marches and 
yeah, like I said, you definitely don't need to edit this out. You can keep this in if you want. Yeah, to. yeah, it's it's up um, to, it's really up to you, right. man. Yeah, we went to we went to two marches. Uh, the first one that we went to was fine. Nothing happened. Nothing was crazy. I mean, it was kind of I would say without being there, but like watching you know news networks and stuff like that is pretty much exactly what it looks like. A bunch of people walking in solidarity. People were angry, but people were never uh, threatening. They were never dangerous. They never felt like there was any sort of, especially from the protest, like the groups, there was nothing ever that felt uncomfortable or not safe. Uh, so the first one we went to was pretty just easy. We just like walked for a couple hours downtown and it was whatever. We just like finished, went back home. And we felt really good and it felt really nice to be out there. It felt nice to like be a part of some sort of act of going towards a solution or resolution of being like, Hey, the shit can't keep happening. The shit needs to stop. Uh, but then the second one is what you're talking about. So to anyone who's listening, who didn't know about stuff that's going on in Minneapolis or what did happen, uh, there was a protest that happened and it was downtown to um, the 35W bridge, which is a huge highway in Minneapolis. Super, super big highway. And these protesters, the people who organized the event, they actually had conversations with, I don't know if necessarily policemen, but they were organized into the sense that people knew that the protesters were going to be on the bridge. Right. And they they did the proper precautions to keep cars off. So there was, there was like, police um, barricades off of exits so people couldn't get in uh, onto the highway that people were walking on. So me, my girlfriend, and a friend of ours, we were all on the bridge together, and we had biked from uptown, so not too crazy of a bike ride, but we biked, and we were just walking with our bikes, and once again, no animosity, no sense of danger at all from the actual protest and the, or and from what the you're group. what you're what you're getting at is that like police like made made sure like if you're really in a rush, you know they they made like a like a detour so you can get around what's what's yeah, going on. Yeah, so there was there was a couple there was a couple situations that like I because. Basically, the big event that happened was we were on the bridge and uh, there was a moment of solidarity and silence for George Floyd and for all of, you know, people of uh, police brutality and violence. And so everyone knelt and it was, you know, it was a lot of people, probably a few thousand, if I was to guess. Um, And it was just, you know, dead silent, super quiet. Everyone was really respectful. Yeah. We get up from this little moment of silence and we start walking a little bit more and you know our me my friend and my girlfriend we were probably a third maybe halfway back of the group so there's a lot of people ahead of us and there's a lot of people behind us and all of a sudden out of nowhere we just saw all of these people in front of us turn around and start running like sprinting and everyone starts screaming everyone's panicking um, and we had no fucking idea what was going on. So we turn around, we start running 
and uh, my girlfriend, she acts that she lost her bike because it got kind of trampled and she couldn't pull it out of these people that were like trampling over her bike. So she just threw her bike and just started going. Um, so I was like behind them trying to keep them like pushing them forward and stuff like that, which was obvious. I mean, obviously this was a terrifying experience. It was not cool. And so we get back and there was one guy I remember who kept like yelling at the group and was just like, Hey, it's okay. Let's calm down. Let's start slowing down. Let's walk. Like we're almost to the exit. We're just going to get off the exit. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. But there was fucking families on the bridge. There was like literally right before this happened, I saw like a super adorable family with like a little, like, I don't know, probably four or five year old like girl and she was dancing and everyone was just high spirits. Yeah. And like my mind instantly went there of like, where's these like kids and how I hope that everyone's okay. So then we start talking and we're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And we're just getting to the exit and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a bunch of cops just come down and they're going probably 25, 35 miles per hour off of the exit and not slowing down, not trying to stop either. So everyone had to like push each other basically to the medians to not get hit by these cops. And while this was happening, they roll down their window and they're spraying pepper spray at the crowd. Jesus. So this started happening. We started seeing the police officers come and there's this really, really shitty fence that was like right by the exit that all these people were trying to jump over. Probably like a and, deer fence or something like that to keep. Yeah. Just something. Out. It wasn't very strong. It was super flimsy. So like any one of like, any normal weight getting on it, it was really difficult to like get yourself over. Yeah, yeah. So um, I threw my bike over, my friend threw her bike over, she got over pretty quickly, and then my girlfriend was just having struggles trying to get over this fence, so I, I had to like push her like up and throw her. her over. Yeah, yeah. So when this happened, I was still on the other side of the fence, and I had to kind of, I saw the pepper spray coming out, and I had to just basically turn around I kind of got in like a fetal position almost because they were probably, I don't know, a couple arms lengths away from me. So I got like a little contact about it, but it wasn't anything like terrible. I didn't have it like really crazy. I just was coughing quite a bit. But it's still like like way too overkill for like what what the situation is. My point is that, yeah, just because I didn't get like the blunt end of stuff, it it was the situation... Uh, of the police officers coming in that way and then I got a glimpse of them when they got out of their cars and they were all in full riot gear and they were holding their batons and like a couple of them are like doing like fucking like hitting the baton on their hands you know like an intimidation factor and they're all shoulder to shoulder and they're just like pushing people out and like people are yelling at these police officers too where they're like can't you fucking see we're trying to get off the bridge like this is not necessary this is completely out of like this is not necessary we're trying to get off we're on the exit right now Mm -hmm. and it was just one of those things that uh that was terrifying but turns out we got out safe which is great and my brother ended up coming to pick us up because uh i was like calling him and i was calling like his girlfriend and i was like yo we were just on the 35w bridge all this stuff just went down uh we need someone to come get us because we don't know what's going on there was like a huge like pop noise that we heard and there's probably like smoke grenades or whatever did they were anybody throwing. did anybody get hit 
That's that's the question. Did anybody die? I, I, I couldn't. Uh, no, no, no. So okay, what happened? Good. What happened was it's a miracle that no one did. Yeah. What happened was the reason why everyone freaked out and ran was there was a trucker who was in a gas tanker, and he drove onto the bridge directly towards the group of people, and I remember that. Up, but I I, I I I just you know it's it's just yeah. so unnecessary that it just like. It, <laughs> I mean, you know, we've all been through this, and 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 that's why I wanted to like it. It's kind of cool that we're addressing it now because we're all kind of calmed down. It's 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 not as fresh, you know. We can think reasonably, and 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 reason would tell would dictate that like this was overkill. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I still, I still to this day still believe that it was definitely malicious and and was. The guy got off. The guy got off. And yeah, yeah. He's not serving time at time at all, is he? Nope he he said that he was panicking and like he saw that the group of people was there and he panicked. But I think the thing that's really weird is it's like okay, a normal person, if you're panicking in a situation, you're not going to push on the. You're not going to accelerate. You're going to break. You're going to break. So yeah. I don't understand how this man saw all of these people in front of him and his panic that came in wasn't, I'm going to break. I'm going to try to plow through these people and get away from yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's Mad Max or some shit, you know. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. But once again, how old it's just was one the, of... How old was this gentleman? How old was he? Uh, I think he was in his mid 30s early 40s probably okay so he was like my age ish yeah i think that it's I, yeah and it's just it's crazy too because they released like the the traffic cams and stuff like that and it, it just all of this stuff just seems really suspect to me because all these other people were on the the route to get off of yeah. the highway so they weren't coming on and every single well, car and, and was there was off. there were so many efforts to like make sure that it's like hey this is a peaceful protest it's not it's not like uh we're not trying to fuck over your work day here but you know what i mean like just get around and you'll be fine you know what i mean like shit like this happens all the time in in, in la they shut down fucking san vicente and and these major you know roadways for them to do a fucking bike marathon you know what i mean like you can you know, to like, to like protest like somebody's brutal murder. It's okay, you know. Yeah, do your thing. And it was just—it's crazy too. Just all of the stuff you see about it too, because like, he—he he wasn't—he wasn't cuffed. He wasn't cuffed. He was very, very peacefully just brought into a squad car. And it's like you think about all this shit, and you're like, okay, if that dude had any sort of tint in his skin. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have been just, hey, man, you know, hey, you just ran a semi truck on the fucking bridge. Come sit in my squad car. You know, it would have been right. a completely different situation. And that's that's the transparent. And that's the real truth about all this stuff is that it's just upsetting to see. It was crazy to be a part of. And it is something that, like, you know, I'll always have not a fond memory, but I'll always have that experience that I can look at and say, okay, well, I do understand this stuff that's happening because I was at least able to, you know, obviously in a very... You were present. You were present in, yeah. in, in what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
essentially what I what I, the reason that uh, I wanted to bring all that up is is I don't know I uh, I live with um, not not right now but uh, you know I have family members that really believe that like you know in cops and really believe in 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 this in our justice system and. I don't know, maybe it's because I've listened to too many true crime things or too many things, but I think that our our criminal justice system is just so far out of whack and it's so it's so obvious to me that when I find find out that people that I love and adore like actually trust in in that system, it just it, it it's like, dude, you obviously aren't that well informed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like or I, I don't know, but you know, I, I I don't see how you can watch what happened to George and and honestly feel that justice was served. Yeah. Like I d I don't I don't know I don't know if I should call him racist or whatever, but but a family member of mine who is who is very, you know, Trump supportive and you know, and all this shit and thank God we're not in that era anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 you know even like family members of mine where, where it's like, I didn't have that much, that high of expectations for them to begin with. But regardless, even they would be like, they saw that and they were like, no, those cops should be serving time. You know what I mean? Like, of course those cops should be serving time. There's no doubt, you know, even with people that are Trump supporters. So that's to say, Hey, I know people that are that ignorant that still were like, no, that was murder. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was ridiculous, and but they still can't get behind the 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 protests. You know, I just kind of wanted to. I don't know. Yeah, I'm literally saying that I I see what I see and I see foul play, you know, and I've seen foul play in 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 American criminal justice. I don't know. <laughs> it's so stupid. You know what I mean? Like, we should be far past this, but I don't know, you know, I don't, I wasn't there. You know, I wasn't in the, on the front lines, you know. I left L.A. right before all this, the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Like, literally, there was a store that was right next to where I used to work, and, uh, you know, it got ransacked, you know, or it got, it got rioted or whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? Like, they... You know, fucked it up. I guess the people did, and and honestly, in my opinion, like I was like, yeah, that serves you right. You know, what I mean, like you 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 brought this on yourself. Yeah, it's it's the whole people over property thing, and I just think that I think that I don't uh, encourage those situations, and luckily we weren't a part of any of those types of things that had happened but no i, I, I still... think i think you were you were fighting for the right reasons man you were like no dude this is ridiculous and it's gone on long enough mm-hmm. to where it's like america's gotta grow up mm-hmm. you know what i mean you gotta put your big boy pants on now and you gotta realize what what's happening really happening right now in the streets yeah and that's what's happening yeah you know people are being manipulated you know People are being completely judged by by their cover, mm-hmm. you know, and not not the quality of their character, and that's appalling and stupid. And I don't know. I just I wanted I didn't know if I could address it or not, and I didn't want to 
you know, throw you on the spot, I guess. Always, man. I just wanted to hang out with my buddy. But yeah, definitely. I don't think of you any different, Cam. I love you very, very much. You're, you're, you're one of my best buds, and I'm really glad we got to talk, man. I love you, too. I'm glad that you had me on. And it was a great tune, too, man. It's a good time. I got to see that movie. Yep. I'm going I'm to text you some, uh, some reminders. So, Please do. Please do. All right, man. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in to Sultans of Slap, and we'll see you next week. All right, baby. I love you.